0: Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and the Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. Good morning, Bridge. Welcome to God's space, God's place, God's thoughts, His hearts, His words. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and God's people say. Amen. Today our sermon are, is based off of our gospel lesson for today. Matthew chapter 21, verses 33 through 46. Can I tell you a funny story before we start? Last night at my wedding reception, I did the sermon and did the wedding. And someone at the table at the reception says, Do you, have you ever tried writing a sermon off of, um, of a chat GPT? And I said, uh, no. And she said, what's your text for tomorrow? She <laughs> said, Matthew 21, 33 through 46. Less than 15 seconds. I'm like, that's pretty good. Blew me away. You know what chat PT, GPT is? Okay. Chat, oh, I, will, I, will, I know more. I said last night I live under a very big rock, but maybe not that big. So chat GPT is the artificial intelligence that that educators are afraid students will say, write me a biology paper on the human brain. And boom, there it is. 500 words for free, 1,500 for 1,599 or whatever. So we're sitting at the table last night, and, and chat GPT, artificial intelligence, in 15 seconds came up with a devotion on Matthew 21, 33 through 46. I told the ushers this morning at first service, we can cut some salaries, let some people go. And I said, she could probably read it for you right off the phone. Yeah. Anyway, so sharing that, as God, God's people here need, need to know, we won't do that at St. Paul's. We do our own work to the glory of Jesus. All right. Matthew 21. I'm not going to be a doctrine checker for A.I., You know, I'm a pastor. All right. Matthew 21, 33 through 46. Jesus, speaking to the chief priests and the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders, telling them a parable, the parable of the tenants. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first. And the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take the inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? Jesus asked them. Well, he'll bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he'll rent the vineyards to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at the harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. This is the word of our God. Love without expectation. When I was given that thought, that theme, I really had to chew on that. We're slicing and dicing agape love into five Sundays and say, wow, what do I do with love without expectation? What does love without expectation look like? The best picture I could come up up with is successful fishing. The successful fisher person never says, If I don't get one fish for every 10 casts, I quit. No one would ever fish. The successful fisher person knows, for starters, that the muskie is a fish of 10,000 casts. And so the successful fisherman is all about, you know, if I just keep casting, something good is going to happen. I love that part of fishing. Sometimes you're out longer than you should, but it just might happen. Love without expectation is like fishing. Love without expectation is a love with anticipation. If I just keep on loving, something good might happen. So what does love without expectation look like? What's it do? Let me give you some examples. So my brother and I were about 11, 12-ish years old. And our grandpa would take us fishing in his little boat. And my brother and I would always argue about who would get the best seat. Because we both wanted wanted the front of the boat. Because you got near the lily pads first. While everyone else is dropping anchor. You didn't want the middle seat. And so we would argue and we would bicker and we would fight. And my grandpa... My grandpa was an old German, no nonsense farmer. But somehow, I think the Holy Spirit helped him find patience he didn't know he had, and agape love that he learned from his Jesus. Because grandpa would sit in the back of the boat, and he would just fish. And he'd pull in fish after fish after fish. And we're bickering. And finally, kind of thick-headed sometimes, finally, all of a sudden, we catch on. You know, maybe if we just shut up and fished, it would all go well. Grandpa's love without expectation. He didn't haul us out of the boat, take us home in anger. Another example. The day before my grandpa's open-heart surgery in 1992, as an 85-year-old man, The family, a lot of us had gathered at the farm just to support grandpa. And I thought my contribution to help my grandpa would be to get out the rototiller and knock down some weeds in the garden. Now in my anxiousness about the the next morning, did I think to check the oil level in the rototiller before I fired it up? Uh, No. Overheated, froze the piston, dead silence over the garden. And I'm, uh uh-oh, I'm staring. Grandpa, 85, still good hearing, doesn't hear anything, comes out of the house to check on me. I explain. At that moment, I think Grandpa had a little less oxygen going to his brain with the whole heart thing, anxiety in his own heart about the next morning, and he couldn't keep it in. He finally just said, he said, you broke my engine. With all the strength he could muster, from an 85-year-old man. My grandma was standing out. She had followed him out. And when she saw the look of my 28-year-old face in response to my grandpa's words, her eyes filled with tears. And she looked me in the eye, a knowing look. And together, we loved my grandpa without expectation. One more. The new father pulled a Sharpie marker out of his desk. And he wrote on his hand, baby formula. You see, his little guy at home was colicky, crying all the time. Mom and dad were exhausted. But he wrote on his hand, baby formula. Can't forget. You know, our God spoke, did that, spoke like that to his Old Testament people, Israel, as they were turning their backs on him, following after other gods, he spoke these words to the prophet Isaiah. Just love him. God said to Israel, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast? And have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget you, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand. Love without expectation we see in our God. Love without expectation we see in the life of our Savior. So, now, the context to our parable. It is Tuesday of Holy Week. The Tuesday before Jesus would die for the sins of the world. Sunday, he had come into Jerusalem in preparation for the final showdown between his father in heaven, truly, and the unbelieving Jewish leaders. Now, those leaders did not see this as a showdown against God. They just didn't like this Jesus of Nazareth guy. This Jesus of Nazareth guy, they were jealous of him. They were threatened by him. And they were powerless before him and they knew it. This is the guy who had miraculously fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. This was the man who had famously now raised a guy named Lazarus back to life after Lazarus had been in the grave for four days. And this was the man who had just ridden into Jerusalem on a donkey like a king, with palm fronds waving, and the accolades of the people. They did not want this Jesus of Nazareth to take their place. They just didn't like him. And so they began Tuesday hoping for a war of words. They wanted to get Jesus in a war of words that they might catch him in a misspeak. So that they could point to him in front of the people and say look a false prophet not like moses and they asked him by what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority and as jesus had done for three years and you you got to love watching Jesus operate those three years leading up to his crucifixion. As he had done for three years, he commanded the moment. And he bested his opponents in this war of words by very calmly speaking three parables. Trying to win their hearts, pull them into the kingdom of God, fishing from the back of the boat right to the end. And our parable is the middle one of the three. So what parables? Well, remember, Jesus was often the storyteller because a story can capture our imagination, get our ears to hear, our minds to see, and our hearts to take home something with us. Jesus' stories were called parables, which were cross-cultural teaching methods where you would take one story, quite often fictitious, put it up next to a real life event, and and, and there was one point that they would touch as you were trying to teach one lesson from this parable. So as you and I heard the account of the parable of the tenants, what did you hear? Was Jesus firing a warning shot across the bow? Of these unbelieving Jewish leaders, lest they stay in their unbelief and and, and end up in eternal destruction? Or, did you hear Jesus laying out one more time, love without expectation? Love with anticipation. Let's dive into the parable and see what we can see. So our cast of characters... God the Father is the landowner, the leaders of the Jews are the tenants, the Old Testament prophets are the servants, and Jesus is the Son. The landowner had set up his vineyard, his grapevines, for success, planted his vines, and then he put up a wall around the vineyard to keep keep critters and robbers out. And then he, he dug or probably chiseled into the rock a wine press to tread on the grapes to make the wine when the harvest came in. And then he put a watchtower up, probably about 15 feet tall, to help protect the crop from everything and everyone as it was ripening. And then he thought, I want to share my wealth. And so he rented out this nicely prepared vineyard to some farmer's with the agreement that they would pay him some of the fruit as rent. And he went away. At harvest time, he sent some of his servants to collect his rent. The tenants had no intention of giving the owner what was due. So they grabbed his servants, they beat one, killed another, stoned to death another. And then the landowner did this amazing thing, like, wow. He sent another wave of servants hoping for a better result. But the tenants responded the same way with the second wave. So then the landowner did something really astounding. He said, I'll send my son. And apparently no military entourage, no buddies with the guy, they sent his son. And he said, surely they will respect my son. But the tenants were not impressed. It's the heir. They plotted to kill him. And sure enough, they murdered the son to claim the kingdom of God. Here's the bump. The kingdom of God as their own. Ruling God's people will be ours. You see... God the Father had set, his, had set up his Old Testament people of Israel to be his people from whom would come the Savior of the world and a people who would share that message by living a life as his vineyard, producing fruits of faith, pleasing to the God that, that they loved because he loved them. But instead, God's people rebelled against their God, reacted in unbelief, and they pushed back against the prophets in the hearing of the word. And eventually, when they got sick and tired of the hearing of the word, they grabbed the prophets, and they beat them and killed them and stoned them to death. And God, in love, sent another wave of prophets, and they did the same thing over and over and over again. Until the day on the Tuesday before he died, when the prophet was standing before them, And they decided that they were going to kill the one who called himself the Son of Man. The one whom they knew was the Son of God. They were going to kill him and take their inheritance, his inheritance for themselves. Now at this point in the miracle, Jesus does something interesting, not typical of his miracles, or of his parables. He asks them to comment on his parable. What should be done to the tenants? And not wanting to see themselves in the parable, they respond with with justice and what must happen because this is wrong. And they say, we should bring those wretches to a wretched end and rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. At this point, we see agape love at its best. Love without expectation, it just loves. Jesus, notice how Jesus did not respond. He did not hop on their bandwagon of calling for the justice and judgment of God, which they had every he had every right to do that in that moment. But he didn't. Instead, he kept fishing from the back of the boat. He said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. That's repentance. But anyone on whom the stone, on whom the stone falls will be crushed. That's the judgment of God. The Father in heaven knew that the Jew, the Jews knew, knew the evil the Jews were planning to take to carry, carry forward. He knew that they were about to murder His Son. Yet His love, without expectation, planned to turn their evil into good, as Jesus' death would pay for the sins of the world and pay for the sins of these men, and Jesus would be God's cornerstone like an ancient cornerstone. Remember that the ancient cornerstone was the biggest stone in the building. Huge, heavy, to anchor. And it was the the most finely chiseled with exact lines because the building rose with strength and grandeur and glory off the cornerstone. God the Father planned Jesus to be that cornerstone. Now, do you see Jesus sending a warning shot across the bow for these Jewish leaders? You better believe it. He was telling them in love, if you keep on holding me at arm's length and rejecting me, you will separate yourself from the family of God. But he was also... Holding on to the Father's love, love without expectation, but with hopeful anticipation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this. He could have said, he said past tense because in God's mind it was done. Jesus would die for the sins of the world. He could have said, my Father is going to do this in three days. And it is marvelous in our eyes. Jesus looked them in the eye and said to them, You know, and I know, and my Father knows that you are going to kill me. But I am here to tell you that my Father will win the day. And he will win the day for all people, including you. And so within three days, Jesus was crucified. The the Jewish leaders danced on his grave. All the while, God the Father in heaven was about to reveal something new and astonishing to the world the path to heaven open through the suffering death and resurrection of his son this Jesus would be the cornerstone of the kingdom of God a kingdom where God rules in our hearts through faith and it would rise as a glorious kingdom firmly founded in Christ the cornerstone with perfect lines coming off of his perfection And that kingdom would grow and has grown with the saving of one soul after the other. And Jesus is saying to these leaders, what a marvelous thing you're going to see. You see, from the back of the boat, Jesus just kept fishing. And kept fishing. Right to the end. So what is our take home today to take the heart from Jesus' parable? Do we focus on the fruit of the vineyard? The faith in good works that God the Father does expect from us? Or do we focus on the judgment of God that will come for those who, who reject Jesus and hold him at arm's length and separate themselves from the kingdom? Or do we focus on God's love without expectation, love with anticipation? Well, that's where Jesus landed. Love with anticipation. He saw us sitting here 2,000 years ago, He saw us sitting here before the creation of the world. He kept on loving so that you and I would be part of the kingdom, and he knows how it's yet going to grow. But before we go farther down that thought, let me just back us up a second to Acts chapter 6. There's a great, great verse in Acts chapter 6. The Acts of the Apostles, the book written by Luke after Jesus had ascended into heaven. It's the Acts of the Apostles growing the church, right? Acts 6, we read this. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And now notice this. <clears throat> a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. The Lord God Almighty who created this world knows that it can take 10,000 casts to get a muskie. He also knows the love it takes to fish for people and someday we just might catch them Remember how we began Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born Though she may forget I will not forget you See I have engraved you on the palms of my hands do you remember what Jesus said to his disciples on Easter Sunday evening, the day he rose from the dead and he appeared to them alive for the first time? Gospel, The Gospel of Luke, Luke records it this way. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. My friends, how does Jesus love our world? He begins every day looking at his hands and he sees the scars of the nails in his hands and his feet and he sees your name and my name and all those yet to come and he doesn't love with selfish expectation hey look what I did for you no he just loves he says The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and the kingdom will grow. Dear friends, it takes patience to catch a muskie. It takes amazing anticipation to keep fishing for people. Have you and I ever swam away from our God and hid in the corner of the pool? that God had to come looking for us, fishing for us again. And with the offer of free forgiveness through faith in Jesus, he hooked us and he brought us home. If that's you, then let us have the heart for those who still don't know and keep on fishing by how you live, by how you speak, by how we love. May the bridge at St. Paul's in Muskego always be a place where people love to fish. And we tell people about Jesus day after day after day. To which all of God's people cannot help but say, Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, how great is your love? That's a personal question for each one of us, Lord. We know our sin. We know the moments and the times and this maybe the seasons of life when, like Hosea's wife, we committed adultery against you and we did our own thing and we loved our own thing and we turned our back on you. But we thank you that you love with a love that is unconditional, but with a love that is without expectation, but with great anticipation. You have loved us and loved us and loved us each and every day, and so we are here today because of your love. You died on the cross to pay for our sins, and you keep coming and finding us every day with the word of forgiveness, the word of your truth, the fruit of your vineyard. Help us as a people of God here at the bridge to never cease loving the individual soul, to never cease to love sharing the gospel with people who don't know you. Help us to remember how you caught us either in the waters of holy baptism or in the word of a friend or maybe the word of a sermon that just kind of caught us by surprise, but you caught us and made us your own, that's the coolest thing ever. And you were fishing from the back of the boat when the world wasn't expecting. You You snuck up on people and you bring them to faith. That's exciting. So dear Lord Jesus, help us to love like you. Let's just love. It's what we do. It's who we are without expectation. But we as your people also know here at the bridge that we can love with great anticipation because so many awesome things are happening in the kingdom. People coming to faith. People wanting their children baptized. People who want to know the message that gives peace forever and for now. So may we always be your vineyard, Father, producing the fruits of faith and love. And then let us not forget the picture to always people, be the people of God who know how to fish successfully with great anticipation. And now, Heavenly Father, receive our prayer that our Savior has taught us, a prayer that gathers all of our thoughts together and presents them before you to hear for the sake of his name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. Forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And now receive with believing hearts the blessing and the love Of your God that never ceases. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor. And together the people of God rejoice and say, Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ Sermon Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and the Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.